Hello, listener. Welcome to the weekly Area de Rigore show. That is ADR. We're going to get some T-shirts printed very, very soon. They'll, they'll say ADR on them. It's the weekly Serie A, the weekly culture show. I'm your host, Danish Iqbal, joined this week again by my lovely, lovely Swedish co-host, Maxi Angelo. Hey! What up, my guy? How's it going? Yeah, it's going well. Uh, good week. Uh, how how is everything with you? Yeah, good, good. I'm still fasting, so no food, and um, I don't know. It, it just makes me a bit more loopier. Like it doesn't. I don't really feel the effects of no no food with the with the Ramadan because it's been like seven days. I just start to get a bit loopy and and stuff like this. But you you recovered after the enthralling Champions League that we had last night. Yeah, barely. Uh, it was uh, was hectic. Uh... To say the least, but what a what a night! Yeah, right. Real Madrid getting through with the uh, how do you call it? Grinta? Is it Grinta? Grinta, yeah, yeah. Fight, fighting spirit. They, 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 like what is for 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 our listeners? Yeah, I, I Madrid have tons of cojones and Grinta, which is just like they could be down six one and still be like, no, we got so much of Grinta, we're just gonna get through this somehow. If you want an explanation for Grinta, think uh, Rino Gattuso. Yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah, no. <laughs> no. Perfect. Right, lots to talk about this this week um and um we we have to we're going to digest it in two parts because Maxi is leaving me because he's got to go to work. He works for the biggest uh, broadcasting Swedish company in Sweden and there will be a lovely guest joining us for part 2 will be Matt Santangelo. Did I say that right, Max? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh and and we will be digesting um, the, the the everything in the week with Matt, but let's start off with um, Napoli Fiorentina. I think you called this right a couple of weeks ago. You said, "Well, you know, in Napoli they're doing well, but they will inevitably." Do I want to put this in the best way possible? But I can't think of any other word apart from choking. Yeah, the, this was the kind of the maybe not fear, but something like that uh, I had for, for Napoli because you know they they have the quality the, the question was always if they had the, the mentality to to be in a, a title fight all the way through um, this match might prove that uh, their title hopes are over we, we don't know yet it we will see but uh, it was definitely a uh, a setback for them. It just feels like it could be the beginning of, like I think that before this, Osimhen was sort of carrying them a little bit, and they were grinding out results. And it was, um, I think they they beat Atalanta pretty impressively. What was it? Three one was it? I believe. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, it just feels like one of those results that just knocks the stuffing out of a team. Yeah, and especially the the situation they're in. They they've been fighting all along to to be to still be in this uh, challenge for the scudetto, but now this is a massive setback for them this because is, it's... this is momentum halted for sure. Um, because before this, it was uh, three back to back wins. It was Verona, Udinese, and Atalanta. Um, by the way. I think we forgot to mention, but Fiorent- it was Fiorentina 3, Napoli 2, away at the uh, Diego Armando Maradona Stadium. Napoli started pretty well. I, I thought they started very well. Um, I have to do a small mention. My One of my favourite players in the world, bar none, not just in Serie A, Lorenzo Insigne, it feels like he's just not playing well at the minute. 
there, there was a couple of occasions, especially in the first half, where I think it was the chip for the one-on-one, or he also got put through fantastically by Koulibaly. A quick side note, I don't... Yeah. Every time I watch Napoli, I forget how good of a ball-playing centre-back he is. Literally, he plays a 60-yard pass, and that, and Insigne was through, but he missed missed um, both chances, which just kind of makes me sad a bit because he's leaving and I kind of wanted him to leave in like this blaze of glory of him playing very, very well and um, not triumphing with Napoli, but like sort of, you know, like a Michael Jordan last dance kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And as you say, I I love Lorenzo Insigne as well. Uh, if I love him. If, if Milan was to lose out to one team, uh, I, I would happily see Napoli uh, win it uh, over Juventus or Inter because it not only because it's such a long time since they last won, but also because Lorenzo Incinji would get uh, a proper send off before he leaves the his childhood club for for Toronto in the summer, and and it would it would be a fantastic finish to his Napoli career. Um, but yeah, I I'm not sure I see that ending to it. No, at, at the moment. I mean, I I think that. They got killed in midfield in this game. Um, Vincenzo Italiano, who for me is probably the next brilliant Italian coach, was very smart. Um, I think they started ta- targeting Zanoli. Yeah. In in this in the second half, and everything was going down um, his side. The ball kept going to Saponara. Sometimes even uh, Duncan and Castrovilli in midfield would shift over, link up with Capral, uh, and. It was causing them continuous problems, but I thought that they, they nullified Lobotka and Ruiz very, very well. Amrabat was was mopping up really um, astutely. Nico Gonzalez, by the way, I'm going to quickly give him some prop. This is going to be 30, 40 seconds of Nico Gonzalez prop. Not only does he have a fabulous haircut, he was brilliant in this goal and assist, but I've been raving about this guy, I think, since this year. He was sort of Vlahovic's... Um, one of Blahovic's Robins to to his Batman. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and as you, as you um, were talking a bit briefly about there, I think that Vincenzo Italiano was very smart in this game because if you look at the at the lineups, he starts uh, with a four three three. He starts with a midfield of Duncan, Amrabat, and Castrovilli, and his three at the front are Saponara, Cabral, and Gonzalez, which are all of them are, are are strong players and like yeah. good dual players. Um, and since since Napoli play with well, we could call it a five man midfield because they have two, two a pivot of two and and three in front. Yeah. Now, uh, Fiorentina kind of like shows a battle strong midfield and and it really paid off for them. Mm, it did. It did feel like they um they nullified him centrally, which uh, I think I believe it was Milan who did the same. I think I mentioned a lot of Napoli's build up play and goals come through the center. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, and and they they did that very well. Nick, uh, Vincenzo Italiano deserves a mention here. It's um he's basically managed to get Fiorentina playing the way he wants very very quickly. I I think that. Um, I mean, it's, it can sound like a bit of a stretch, but I, I think that Vincenzo Italiano should be a contender for manager of the season, in the, in a sense because he's a new manager going to Fiorentina, a side which in, in recent years has struggled a lot uh, with results. 
uh, and he's gotten them to work very well against the big oppositions. Uh, he takes points against the, let, shall we say, the weaker oppositions as well. And it's it's a lovely um, development we can see in the Fiorentina players as well. Uh, so I, I think he's a very, very vital um, coach for, for Fiorentina. And in that sense, he could maybe not contend for uh, manager of the season, but somewhat of a MVP manager of the season. He there, There's not many managers who are more important to their teams than Italiano or uh, to Fiorentina. Yeah. Um, home troubles then for Napoli, who lost to Fiorentina. They, they lost to Spezia, I believe. Yeah. They have only picked up 29 points at home. Yeah, and uh, historically, Napoli is a strong side at home. Yeah, I mean, that, that's the, the Diego Armando Maradona Stadium is, is sort of a fortress for them. That sort of big... Yeah, yeah, and it's... it's... Um, cacophony of noise and the, the announcer. You can always, like, hear the announcer in an Napoli game. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember, do you remember they had, they, there was that popular video of um, the announcer saying, Go! Salo, remember? Higuain. When when Higuain obviously used to play there. Higuain. Um, yeah, there's something special about, about European stadiums chanting like that. We don't really have that in England. Um, he's uh, their announcer. I I can't remember the name, uh, but he's yeah. he's quite famous in Italy. Yeah, he's quite famous in Italy, to be honest. Yeah, we'll we'll have to plug it after. Yeah, what Tim? Tim in this like after. And and hopefully he replies and, and we'll get him on and we'll just basically get him to chant Maxi Angelo for like the first minute of next week. What would he do though? What would he say? We we gotta have him do our intro to this podcast. Aria rigore. No, but that that'll be what instead of the the music at the beginning. Have you you, you you've I mean you've listened. Back to the podcast, I hope, a couple of times. <laughs> Look, <we've been. laughs> yeah, <I'm done. laughs> so you heard the music, it's like a, a bouncy house. I mean, that's not a good impression of it, maybe, but... Yeah, I like it. I mean, you do it. It's like house, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I like it. That's how I, I don't... I don't go out so, so often as, as much as I used to, so I don't really know music anymore. I mean, I like it, but it'd just be funny to have house and then, hey, rigore! <laughs> <laughs> what you mean to say is that you've become a boomer. Yes, I mean, <laughs> yes, yes. But any, anyway, we're getting way far off the point. <laughs> we're talking about house music. Um, Arthur Cabral, by the way, fo- has filled in for Vlahovic very, very well. Yeah, I, I, I think so, yeah. Uh, he's... Somewhat of the same type of player. Um, yeah, Napoli can use him in the same way they used Vlaovic. Uh, of course, there's more individual quality to Dusan Vlaovic. I, I don't think that anyone, more or less, will will um, say say something against that. But uh, it seems like they have found a very good replacement in Artur Cabral. Um, I mean, he... To, to put it in some uh, some form of um, perspective, Atletico Madrid wanted Artur Cabral in the summer, so it's it's not like just yeah. some yeah. some player they found in in Switzerland. It's it's a player who's performed consistently the past two seasons and done it very well, uh, which Fiorentina managed to 
I would almost say Coop uh, a signing for for him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Vlahovic, who in in that case, if he if he continues the way he is. So, I mean, last word on Napoli. What do we think? Um, it feels like Osimhen was carrying them a bit. He only had twenty eight touches against Fiorentina on on Sunday. Um, Insigne's yet he managed an assist and a goal and a goal. Yeah, Insigne's not playing very well. Um, Zielinski, who was having a fantastic season, has sort of dropped off as well. Politano's still there and still good. I know Spalletti flung on basically the the sort of rotating conveyor belt of. Um, Flying Napoli attackers, which is like Chucky Lozano, Dries Mertens came on, scored. Uh, Ilmas came on as well. Um, what do we think? Do we think that this is a chink in the armor? Do we think this is just a one off and they should just continue going? I want to know your thoughts on uh, this. I think this has the potential to be the the, the ending to their Scudetto battle, but I I would uh, wait until next game to see if they if they come back from this or if if they continue to struggle. If they continue to struggle, I think that this is like the killer blow to their Scudetto dreams. But if they if they can come back with a win win next game, I think that they still still in the in the Scudetto tit- uh, title race. I mean, they they are just two points behind Milan in first. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not it's not over yet. I think as long as there's three points between them all, um, but it just I'm sure that it it just feels very difficult to have players who, when you play for Napoli, it's different, right? It's not you you don't play for a club and then it's like oh, there's uh, of course football has passionate fans all over the world, all over the country, but it it just feels different and special in Napoli. It feels synonymous for them. So in the fact that the passion is sort of extra hard for fans, it extra hard hits them when they maybe don't, when they maybe lose or especially because the, the search for a, a Scudetto with Napoli is sort of so sacred, if you will. Yeah, 100%. Um, Napoli has always, or at least since the late 80s, had like a, us against the world mentality, and yeah. that puts that puts a lot of pressure on on the team. Uh, even if, but but also if you've come if you've come so close so many times, then you you sort of after one loss, even even if it, even if you're not out of it, which they aren't, then players might start to think, oh god, you know, here we go again, and maybe the city will never do it, and and blah blah blah. It's like when Maurizio Sarri said in 2018, which is I think the last time they were. The closest to the title, we lost the Scudetto in the hotel room, which was when they 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 lost to um, I think it was Fiorentina then as well. Actually, they lost to Fiorentina. Giovanni Simeone scored, yeah, and there were sort of Napoli players when they came back to the hotel crying on the stairs. I I think it, you you make a great point here. Um, from now on, it will be a um their biggest struggle would be their mentality if they if they mentally can come back from this uh, because we've seen all season that they have the the quality on the pitch to to stay in this but the question is if they can do it in their minds 